Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord God, for allowing us to be here on this day, Lord God, and just pray, Heavenly Father, that you will be pleased with our offering to you, Heavenly Father, and that you will speak clearly to our hearts, God, the things that you want to say. Heavenly Father, we stand before you ready to receive. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. This is a, um, just a little bit um, differently from how we typically start out, but I'm just going to share um, share something as the Lord uh, lead me to share. I'm always praying and um, asking, always praying and asking the Lord um, to just from a from a place of me having a burden. Um, on my heart, and you all can be seated. <laughs> Have a um, having a burden on my heart for, um, especially I mean for my sisters and brothers in Christ, but especially um, my sisters in Christ because you know when you come into the truth of the word, it's impossible not to see yourself. Um, it's impossible. Um, for you to stand before the Lord for that word to be there and to not be a mirror to you. And um, I'm so thankful, so thankful to God for his word, for the truth. And oftentimes whenever I'm, I'm talking, I'll um, refer to my life as, you know, I can remember when I first accepted salvation but I wasn't converted right away and I remember when I came into the truth and um and that's where you know my conversion happened and when I say conversion I'm you know really referring to uh, my mind being changed my heart being changed my life being changed my actions um, being changed because before that I um I was a professing believer, but I was still living like I didn't know the Lord. And um, so when I think about coming into the truth, I'm so grateful, so, so grateful to God um, for opening up my eyes and allowing me to um, see things so differently from the way I once saw them. And so, um, you know, in that I'm always praying um, Lord, how can I, how can I be a help, um, especially, you know, to my sisters whenever I, whenever I see people struggling, um, my heart goes out, because number one, I know what it's like to really have a sincere desire to line up with the word to really have a sincere desire to follow the Lord. You love the Lord as much as you know how. 
Um, and then to still feel defeated. And that was one of the things that I truly believe um, that feeling um, of defeat that I would feel kind of paired with me knowing the little bit that I understood about the Lord and knowing that, you know, God is all powerful and he's bigger than any problem that I could ever encounter in my life. The two just didn't add up to me. And um, I found myself always, always crying out to the Lord, Lord, there must be more to you than what I've experienced. And I, I couldn't let that go. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I'm always thankful to the Lord that he answered my prayer and he brought me to um, the truth through this ministry. Um, and I, I'm so, so grateful. I'm grateful for my husband, um, Apostle Bolden, um, and for how the Lord uses him. Um, I'm really, really grateful for the word that he speaks through him, the guidance that he gives me, um, the correction that he has brought to me um, to help me stay on the right path. I am very, very grateful. Um, I can remember a time when it was hard for me to hear correction um, until my mind was renewed and I understood um, the correlation between cor correction and love. And so, um, you know, that's something that for some people and for some women, you know, all over the world, even, in, you know, in the church, it can be difficult to understand this idea. You know, we say this, you know, you're grown. You know, what do you mean? Like a, um, a, your husband correcting you or, um, and I'll put it not so mildly, putting you in your place. Because that's what it is. Um, we, we live a life. Um, this society that many of us have grown up in, um, and I've, I've seen a lot of changes in society, but many of us have grown up in, in a society where this idea of being independent of a man is um, celebrated. And I'm telling you as a woman of God, there's something wrong with that. Um, we need um, a godly man. We need to be attached, we need to be submitted, we need to be under his authority. And we need to stop allowing the world to dictate to us um, anything outside of what the Bible says. And so, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to take my time because a lot of times whenever the Lord will give me something to say, I, you know, I get nervous and I kind of rush through and I leave out details and things like that. So I'm just um, really wanting to take my time and just hear the Lord um, and see, you know, what all I'll share um, concerning the things that he's already said, but I, I want to say that I, I stand here very, very boldly. I know I know my husband comes under a lot of flack um, because of his boldness, um, his willingness to teach and preach the truth of God, and um, I stand behind him 100%. I don't have a problem with um, what he preaches. I don't have a problem with what he teaches. I don't have a problem with how he lives because his life lines up with the word of God. Um, I love the boldness um, that he has that um, I can remember as a child, you know, we were told all the time that, you know, if you believe something, you ought to stand up for it, even if you're the only one standing. And that is the example that I see in my husband, that when the Lord speaks to him, and shows him something in his word and gives him a command, he is gonna stand by it and it doesn't matter if anybody else agree with it. And I love that. 
I absolutely love that because at times when I have um, gone with my emotions and I've gotten away and times when I've gone with what I thought I knew and I leaned to my own understanding, he always gave me a place to come back to. And that was God's truth, a firm foundation. And so I'm going to say again, and I can't say it enough for godly women. I can't speak to worldly women because they're not professing to know our God. They're not professing to know the scripture. They're not professing to be following him. But for godly women, I'm telling you, we need a godly man who is rooted in the word of God. And we need to understand that we need to be under that authority. I need my husband's authority. It's not just a choice. I don't just want it. I don't just desire it because it's in me. I'm, I understand that I need it. And we have to get to that place that we understand that we need that. And don't let anybody back you down from it. You know, I serve my husband with gladness. I absolutely enjoy serving my husband. And I don't tone it down when I'm in public, when I'm around people. And we have to get to the place as women of God that we stand boldly on who we are in the Lord. If the Lord says that we're supposed to have a meek and a quiet spirit, then that's who we should very proudly very, very proudly be that person. You know, if the Lord says that that man is the head of the woman, we should proudly live that. Discreet, chaste, modest, all these things that the Lord have called us to be. We should not be ashamed of who we are. We should have a mind, again, as born-again believers, that if the Lord had the wisdom, the sovereignty, the mercy, the intelligence to speak this world in existence and speak things in order the way he did. And a part of his order is the order that he spoke for our homes, that he knows what he's talking about. And when we get from under our head, when we move out away from God's order, we are in trouble. I can say that because I've lived it. I know it to be true. And if professing believers, women who are calling themselves godly, if you will be honest, you can say that you've experienced it too. But oftentimes what we do is we, we make bad decisions. We take a wrong step. And pride won't let us admit that we're wrong. And we make the mistake and we go and find counsel with people who don't believe in our God. Even if it's just relying on something they told us years ago, we might not call them up this week. We might not have called them up last week. But we will find comfort in worldly wisdom from people who don't even serve our God, people who won't even acknowledge our God, people who will encourage us to live in sin, people who in essence will encourage us to spend an eternity separated from God in hell. And we have to get away from that. We have to stop pushing against our creator. Now either we're going to call ourselves believers or we're not. Either we're going to say we're godly women, and if we are, then we need to be um, an example of what this Bible says we are. Um, so if, if you will be honest, you will see that you've, you, you've done some things that went against the word, and you suffered for it. 
your marriage suffered, for your children suffered as a result of it. Maybe some friends and coworkers suffered because of your disobedience. And so that's something I'm going to share. Um, I'm going to just share. Like I said, I'm going to just share it as the Lord bring it to me. Um, some things that happened, you know, when I got from under uh, my husband's authority and did, you know, just kind of going on my own, trying to do my own thing. Disobeying the word is what it is. The world likes to try to call it um, being your own person. That's the one way it's hidden, or being independent, or being empowered. All of that is designed to lead you out of God's will. All of it is designed to bring you right back to all the mistakes you were making before you realized you needed the Lord. Um, and I'm telling you, we need the Lord. Uh, there's so, so many unnecessary mistakes, so many unnecessary lessons um, that I learned going down the wrong road. And we don't have to continue on that path. Um, the Lord has given us, um, just like his word says, um, he's, he's given us um, a male authority to lead us. When we move away from that, it spells trouble. Um, I can remember one time, and, and I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily remember um, a specific thing that happened in this situation, but I can remember when my husband and I first got married, and um, you know, of course I moved here to Tennessee with him. I followed him. I wasn't leading him. I moved here to where he was. And um, I had already, I had been working state jobs. And so in the state of Louisiana where I was, um, they had this benefit that you could go to school for free, you know, taking six hours a semester, one class you could take during work and they would pay you for it. And so I had gotten started back on that because I had initially, you know, went off to college um, when I first got out of high school because I really just didn't know what else to do. And so I did that. and. Um, I stopped going, and then when I went back to work for the state of Louisiana, what I did was I just started taking advantage of that benefit. In my mind, that's what I was doing. In my mind, well, hey, I'm going to work. They're offering this for free, um, so I'll take advantage of it, and, and I'll start going and taking classes, and I'll just start working towards, you know, getting my degree a little bit at a time, you know, um, at no cost to me, except it did cost me something. Not money, because financially the state was paying for it and I, I didn't have to pay for it. But it did cost me something. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna kind of fast forward to being here in Tennessee and then I'm gonna go back to, to that part of it. So I had started taking classes, um, kind of fast forward a few years and um, my husband and I got married so I'm here in Tennessee now and Naturally, my thought was, well, I was taking classes in Louisiana, so now that I'm here in Tennessee, I'm gonna look into this and see if I can just continue on. And that's what I did, um, just making my own way, doing my own thing, being independent, 
trying to empower myself, you know. <laughs> and so um, I went on and I enrolled in um, the university here in Tennessee. And um, soon after that, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was soon after. I don't know if it was before, but I know very early on into it, you know, my husband told me that he didn't want me going, but of course, independent. I just kept on going. And um, I remember always praying and asking the Lord, you know, Lord, I want, I want to be used um, in your kingdom, you know, whatever that looks like. I, I want to be available to you. Use me. Um, I want to be in your perfect will. I don't want you to just allow me to do stuff. I want to be in your perfect will. I only want for my life what you have for me. So I want you to understand, because there are a lot of women, there are a lot of women, a lot of sisters, professing sisters, who say they're praying to the Lord and that the Lord is leading them. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If the Lord is not leading you and you end up back in line with his word, then almighty God, our creator, our savior, is not the one leading you. So my husband had already told me that I shouldn't be going to school. And I kept on and I kept praying. And then one morning or one night, might have been one morning, because I would get up early and pray and and the Lord said, you need to give up school. Just case in point, the Lord gave my husband as my head and my leader. So he had already told me not to do something, and I continued on. So if I say I'm praying to the same God that he's serving, then I ought to come back to the same conclusion. The Lord's not leading me away from my husband's authority, in other words. So that's just to kind of kick over that religious cow, so to speak. Because a lot of people think, oh, the Lord is speaking to me. And the Lord is leading me to do something that my husband is not telling me to do. That's deception. Because then you would be calling God a lie and you would have to change his order to fit what you're doing. If he said the husband or that man is the head of the woman, then that's going to always be the case. You don't get your own personal revelation to go in a different direction because now all of a sudden you're leading your husband. So this is just the point that I'm making in that. I was so adamant about following the Lord that the Lord brought me right back to my husband. There was no contradiction. I want you to stop going to school because this is getting in the way of why I have you here. So from there, I had a choice to make. What's more important? And it's so funny, I'm sure my husband laughed at me a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Early on. I'm sure he laughed at me a lot because that morning I was like, Oh, husband, I got a revelation from the Lord. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me. 
and told me what you told me six months ago. <laughs> oh, gosh, I tell you, I thank God for his mercy. I really do. And his long suffering. <laughs> I really do. Um, my husband was like, I don't remember precisely verbatim what he said, but yeah, I knew that already. I told you that already, you know, <laughs> but, um, so that was about six months. If I have that time cor correct, about six to, might've been a year later. It was wasted though. Time wasted. Um, because again, you know, as the Lord told me that that's, that's not what I brought you here for. Um, I think I was sharing with our um, young sister here before she moved here. Um, don't make the mistake of thinking that all you're doing is changing locations and picking up where you left off in your old state. That's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. If the Lord tells you to move somewhere and go somewhere and do something, you need to ask the Lord, what next? Let go of everything else that you had going on. That was a mistake that I made. I didn't do that. I was trying to bring school and all this other, all these mindsets with me. And so, um, and even in that, when I told my husband that morning, the Lord said, school is getting in the way. But, um, so I have to stop for right now. <laughs> in my mind, that morning, I was going to pick it up again at some point, and I'll finish, because, you know, I just had this thing, oh, well, I started. Um, and I'm going to just interject this right here. One of the reasons that I kind of got started on that track with trying to finish that degree I honestly had no intention on doing anything with it, zero, none. I, I wasn't trying to move into any field or anything like that. I had, early on in life, I found myself quitting a lot of things, and so I had kind of was trying to change my mindset, like, okay, I don't want to quit anything else. I started it, I, I need to finish it. And so that was kind of my driving force, um, deception. The enemy was using my past failures to try to keep me on a track that was pulling me away from the Lord. You failed in the past, acknowledge it, learn from it, let the Lord move you on. Don't spend the rest of your life trying to outdo your past because you made some mistakes. If we were not making mistakes in life, we wouldn't need the Lord, okay? That's why we come to him, because we need him. And so that was something else. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, I started this, I need to finish. But that was not the devil's plan behind it. And we have to realize that, you know, yes, we, you know, especially when we're, we're young and nobody can tell us anything, we make mistakes um, because a lot of times we're not listening. We're not asking for guidance. We're going to figure it out on our own. Um, but the bottom line is you don't have to live in that place. If I spend the rest of my life trying to outdo or outrun past mistakes like that, then I'm still living in my past. And that's not what the Lord has. If the Lord moved me away from my past, then he intends for me to move into the future that he has for me. And um, that's for all of us. And so, um, you know, that was something else, you know, that I got <laughs> out of that. And so um, another part of that was when I was in school before, and I, I shared this in a fellowship before, when I was in school before, I didn't really give my all. Truth of the matter is, I could have been a straight A student from elementary on up. Um, I, just, I didn't put forth the effort. And so this time when I got in school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to, my goal was to make straight A's. You know, again, trying to outdo my past. What does it matter? 
You know, I sent out that message this morning about redeeming the times for God's kingdom, not just for my flesh. That degree was all about my flesh. That wasn't helping me to do nothing for the Lord. Taking up my time from praying because I was staying up writing papers all the time and studying and going to class four hours in the evening. Like, it was just taking up my time. It wasn't, it wasn't adding anything to me spiritually. And um, so, you know, I should have followed my husband in that, and I didn't. And um, so with that came some wasted time. Um, with that came, I'm sure, some missed uh, divine appointments, some things that um, I'm sure should have happened in a different time frame. Uh, maybe some things I missed, and I'll never have that opportunity again. I don't know. But um, our time is precious. You know, when we're in the Lord's will, we need to be about God's will. And um, for us as sisters, you know, um, godly women, we need to really grab hold to um, what our purpose is. We need to grab hold to what our purpose is. I, I can't stress it enough. Get away from what the world told you. Unless you're going to live for the world, don't say you're living for the Lord and, and you're still holding on to your old worldly identity. It's not going to work. Going back to that male authority, you know, that is a part of our identity. I will tell anybody. I don't care. You can march on Washington. You can march every day of the year. I will not, I will not just voluntarily move my position from under my husband to go and be independent, empowered, leaning into my own understanding and doing all the crazy things that I did before. That's my testimony. One thing I can tell anybody is that I tried it the world's way and it did not work. And I did what God said and I obeyed him and it does work and it works every single day consistently. In God's will, I don't have to lay down at night crying because I feel so empty on the inside because I had them, I'm trying to use something in the world to fulfill this void that I have. That's the way it was in the world. I can't tell you how many times I went out in the daytime and I got along with people everywhere I went and smiling and laughing. I wanted to see everybody happy. And at the end of the day, I laid down at night and I felt empty on the inside because I was trying to use the world to fulfill something in me that only God could do. It was only gonna come according to his will for my life and a part of that is me being under the authority of my husband. And I'm telling you, the world lied to all these women and these women are not telling the story but they are unhappy. They are not fulfilled they are dissatisfied with life. The degrees, the executive level jobs, the salary, the cars, the houses, the club memberships, going to being um, invited to all the, the nice um, private parties and all of that stuff, I'm telling you, it does not fulfill anything in you as a person. All of that outward stuff, it stays out there when you're by yourself. When you're alone with your thoughts, none of that stuff matters. You know, you've heard my husband say how 
we've both worked jobs and been around millionaires. And I'm not talking about there in the upper office and, and just come down sometimes. I'm talking about walking and knowing and talking with people face to face and dealing with people who, who are billionaires. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't care if they remember my name or not. I want my name to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I think I was sharing with another sister a while back, and I used to, you know, it, it's so funny how the media gives us an identity, okay? And we think um, dressing up kind of the way we dressed up dolls, you know, dressed up as children that, you know, like I said, the private parties. I've, I've worked some jobs that put me in a position to kind of be around a lot of elite people, according to the world. Um, and I thought that, oh, this is, this is kind of what, this is the life. This is, you know, what I, I want. And it wasn't. It was not. The only true fulfillment that I have ever experienced came from me obeying God, being in God's will. The fairy tales on television about what makes a nice life, uh, you will still feel empty at the end of the day. I believe wholeheartedly that chivalry is alive and well. But I also believe that some of the things that we have learned to accept as women, we've learned to accept as normal and created an expectation is a fairy tale. You know, we look at movies, we you know, look at, you know, some of us have read books and things like that, all these love stories. And if you'll be honest, in all of that, in the fairy tale world, the man is worshiping the woman. He's bowing down to her. He's giving her everything that she wants, when she wants, and when she's not getting her way, emotionalism kicks in, and she uses witchcraft to get her way. And she makes him pay for not worshiping her. And then he finally comes around and he gives in and she gets more of what she wants. Only to her demise though, because at the end of it all, she's still not fulfilled. Yes, you sent me on the shopping spree and yes, you may have um, brought me to one of the fanciest restaurants and yes, you may have let me meet the president of the United States because we rub shoulders with whomever in society, whatever you want to call them. But when it's all over and he has gotten you the fancy house and you're entertaining your friends to show off and you no longer have to count your pennies when you go to the grocery store, you can buy whatever you want to buy without looking at what it rings up as because you know you have the money. At the end of all of that, I'm telling you, the only fulfillment you're going to find is in obeying the word of God, not just going to church. 
not just knowing people and being around people who believe like you believe. I'm talking about obeying the word of God. And a part of that is being under the authority of a male. And I can't stress it enough. It all goes together. I would say that I can't speak for other people, but the word works the same way for everybody. So I can tell you that if you're not obeying the word, you are miserable. I can tell you that if you have a godly man in your life or you have a man in your life, period, and you're not submitted to him, you are miserable. If you are fighting him for you to be the man and for him to be the woman, you're miserable. I can tell you that. I don't even have to know you. I've lived it. There is no joy in you not being the woman that God called you to be. It's not there. It doesn't exist. The enemy can try to talk you into leaving and walking away, and I'm going to go and I'm going to find somebody who lines up with me. You're not going to be happy. We were created to worship the Lord. We were created for his pleasure. How can we bring pleasure to a God who created us if we're disobeying him? It's not going to happen. So we have to get to the place again. I'm talking to godly women. You know, I, I pray for people all over the world who don't know God the way I know him, the way he has allowed me to come to know him. I pray that they will get to the place that they will know him because there's so much joy. If you don't have joy, you don't know him. I can promise you that. If you don't have joy, you don't know you don't know him because the two go hand in hand. If you are calling yourself a professing believer, and I will challenge you on this, if you are saying that you're a professing believer and you are not satisfied with serving God, you don't have fulfillment. I'm telling you that you don't know him like you think you do. The two go hand in hand. You cannot be dissatisfied with your creator when you know him personally and when he knows you. When you are obeying his word and you are who he has called you to be, it is impossible for you to be unhappy with that. And so the answer is not to go back to being your old self. The answer is to let the Lord do what he said he could do. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I challenge you to say this the same way I said, Lord, okay, I'm looking at my life and I see defeat. But you are not a defeated God. So, Lord, I need you to show up in a different way. Let me see you in a different way. Let me experience you in a different way. Because what I've experienced so far is not lining up with what I read about you. So, in other words, don't accept the defeat. Don't just say, okay, it was just another day and, okay, well maybe tomorrow. No, I'm, I'm saying to you, don't you stop pursuing God as a woman. Don't you stop drawing nigh unto God, because his word says if you draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto you. If you don't feel him close and you don't know he's there, you need to keep going. Don't stop. The old way didn't work when you were in it. I can tell you it didn't work. Oh, you're, you know what? <laughs> your flesh might have felt good in the moment, and the word tells us that. You know, sin is pleasurable for a moment. You know what? 
my mother didn't allow us to eat a lot of sweets growing up. You know, you hear my husband talk about dessert being a treat. It was truly a treat because we didn't, we probably got it, you know, a few times a year. We got some Sara Lee pound cake with some strawberry topping and it was some little iced oatmeal crunchy cookies that, I mean, it was that we would eat. Those are two things that I distinctly remember. So we didn't have to go to the dentist you know, a whole lot growing up. But guess what, when I got older and as a teenager and I started working, I made a lot of trips to the candy store. <laughs> I ate a lot of candy and I paid for it. I can tell you all my favorite candies, mostly fruity candies. Now when, as I've gotten older, I've somehow developed a taste for chocolate because I never did like it all my life, but that has changed recently, but I paid the price for the pleasure of that. My mother kept me away from it, but I went and I took something on, and I thought, ooh, this tastes good. And the world will have you thinking as a woman that this so-called freedom, this independence, this empowerment, me doing my own thing, the world will have you thinking it feels good, but it's a trap. It's a deception. All throughout the Bible, from the beginning of time with Eve on through, we see all these examples of how the kingdom of darkness, the devil, exploited the weakness of women and used them against the kingdom of God, use them to bring down godly men to tear down their homes. And we see these examples. And so we have to ask ourselves, how do we think as godly women, we can disobey God's word, we can disregard our husbands, we can disregard male authority, and we think that the enemy won't use us in the same way. Why would we think that? Who are we that the devil will do something different with us? I mean, why do we think something different? The Lord lays it out in his word, and he tells us plainly. The word says that these things are written for our example. So when we read the word, we can say, oh, okay. Um, when this person was disobeying God's word, the devil was able to use them to do that. So I should be able to relate that to my own life and say, okay, well, if the Lord tells me to be under the authority of my husband and to submit to him and he tells me to do something and I don't do it, then I can expect the enemy to come and use me. Now, when the kingdom of darkness is using me or using you, um, are we going to get closer to the Lord? Are we suddenly going to be happy in the Lord? It's not going to happen. The world have you going after fleshly desires, this so-called freedom that I hear about, but it's bondage. When you, as a woman, can think of yourself as being somebody's wife for the rest of your life, and that is your true desire, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. When you can look at yourself and you know within yourself, 
I want to be chaste. I want to be pure. I want to be special. I want something to offer to my husband. And then you find yourself giving up your body before marriage, giving up your body to more than one man. And you still don't feel fulfilled in it, but you keep doing it. And you keep trying to find reasons why you're doing it. But you can't really come up with a reason. All you know that now is that I'm buying my own candy and this candy tastes good. I found something that makes my flesh feel good. The world calls it freedom. And I'm telling you, the kingdom of God calls it bondage. I am not free when I don't want to lay down with the man, but I find myself doing it over and 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 over again. And when I'm by myself, I cry and I say, I want to stop this, but I can't. And I'm using the example of a man with a woman, but it can be so many different things because now we're dealing with the homosexuality where now this mindset and this spirit has crept in where, you know, we're just trying something out. We're just kind of playing around. We're just seeing what this feels like. But what happens when you try it one time and then you say, I don't really want to do this, but then you find your flesh being pulled to it. And now all of a sudden, what you thought was fun and games and what you thought was just, oh, I'm just kind of playing around with this. Now all of a sudden, you can't stop. The world calls that freedom. The world calls it empowerment and independent. I'm my own person. That's a lie. That is a lie. When you are doing things that you don't really want to do and you can't stop yourself, I believe that's called bondage. That's not freedom. But when I came into the truth, I'm telling you my testimony. And I'm telling you the testimony of everybody who's ever come into the truth and decided to obey it. It's going to be the same across the board. That's where you feel, that's where you get your freedom at. But you have to obey the word. You have to obey the word. That's the only way you get freedom. Freedom from your thoughts that keep you bound. That keep you fighting with people everywhere you go. That keep you offended at people who love you. That keep you in this deep, dark hole of thinking that nobody cares about me. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants me around. That's what the truth will free you from. How do I know? Because that's my testimony. Oftentimes, pulling away, and then the devil beating me up in my mind, telling me nobody wants to be bothered. It's a trick of the enemy. But the world says it's freedom. And I want you to really pay attention to these terms and, and these phrases. I'm my own person. 
I'm empowered. I'm independent. But that's not what the Lord calls for. He gave the order of the home because he know that you need your husband. If you don't want the devil to just run you raggedy, God said, I'm giving you what you need. I'm giving you what you need. All you have to do is line up. All you have to do is submit. I didn't intend for you to be out here on your own trying to figure it out. I didn't intend for you to be independent. That's not what the Lord called for, but we have to accept that. We have to accept the beauty of God's sovereignty, his intelligence, his wisdom. Why would I want to go out on my own? I told you all the story. Um, I think it played in one of the daily devotions a few years back, and I told it again about, you know, when I got attacked. I know without a shadow of a doubt, had I had a male authority there with me, that wouldn't have happened. So many stories I can tell you. So, so many stories I can tell you. God has given us what we need. We have to accept it, though. Um, I'm going to share another story because now I'm in the truth. And th this is just, I, I know what I'm going to share. Some people have, have an issue with it. Um, because people want to see God as only love. That, you know, as if he doesn't correct us, as if, you know, there's no judgment that comes with our actions. But I'm going to share this because um, this was after I came into the truth. And, I, and I'm saying this to say that we are held accountable for what we know. The judgment of God is real. Okay, um, you all know how, you know, we teach, you know, about order in the home, or we learn, I don't teach it, we learn about order in the home. <laughs> oh, we learn about order in the home and um, God's way. And a part of that is, you know, keeping our children in subjection, you know, showing them how to um, be in subjection to authority and things like that. And so um, I want to say it was probably within the first year and a half um, of our marriage. I can remember, I, I don't remember all the details, so I'm not going to try to get into the details if the Lord bring me something, I'll say it. But the bottom line was my husband was about to uh, whip our youngest son. And um, I stepped in the way. I did something. I, you know, I didn't want him to whip him. And what I don't remember what I said, but I know when it came out of my mouth, when I stepped up, I knew I had messed up. Right, right when I did that, I was reminded of a story he told me about his um, first wife and how she would get in the way, you know, literally step in. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't stepping between him and the belt, <laughs> but how she would literally do that. And I thought, man, I knew it was wrong when she was doing it, so I know it's wrong when I'm doing it. I couldn't justify my actions, in other words. If it was wrong for somebody else, according to God's word, it was wrong for me. And so 
I was like, I just messed up. So I got my husband here, who's the authority of the home. I'm supposed to be in subjection to him, and he's about to whip our child for something he did wrong, and I step in. So what does that say to our child? You know, okay, we're just not going to submit to daddy at all. I knew I had messed up. And my husband, I, I, I very quickly tried to fix it. <laughs> I asked my husband to forgive me. I asked Joshua, forgive me. I was wrong for what I did. You know, I should not have done that. I wasn't being a good example. You know, whatever all I said about it. I asked the Lord to forgive me. And, um, you know, my husband said, yes, I forgive you. The Lord said he's going to judge you for that. Whew. Okay, so I was scared, very scared, because it didn't happen that day. So it was kind of like the child getting in trouble early in the morning <laughs> and <laughs> waiting on their parents, to, the parents to come home because they know they're going to get it. And so it's that, that anguish. And so every day, you know, I was crying out to the Lord. I was like, Lord, I know I did wrong. I know I did wrong. I know it's against your word. Lord, forgive me. I like, but... At the same time, I was like, Lord, I understand. I believed my husband when he said, the Lord said he's going to judge you for that. I believed him. And I was just, I was like, okay, I did it. You know, I think I was more along the lines of, Lord, be merciful. <laughs> Don't take me out of here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so the day came. Um, I don't remember. It, I, I know that it was sometime within the next, I'm pretty sure it was sometime within the next three months, uh, three to five months. I had had a dream. Um, I don't remember all the details, but in the dream, basically, the Lord, um, I saw the Lord's hand touch my body. And um, it was like he was reminding me, it's about to happen. I'm going to touch your body, and, and it's me. <laughs> And I knew that it was because I had gotten in the way. And um, so I, I think I woke up. Did I, I, did I wake up in that pain? Do you remember? I think I, think I did. I think I woke up in pain. And um, it was my shoulder. Is it this one? It's like this whole area my shoulder, my arm, my back. And um, it was excruciating pain. And uh, we had to take a trip <laughs> to Louisiana. I think we were going for a court date this particular time um, for our children. And I went to, because I knew we were going out of town, I was thinking, like, I can't even begin to describe the pain. Like, it felt like my arm had been pulled out of the socket, had been broken, like I had been hit by a truck or something. Like, it was excruciating pain. This was not just a little mild ache. Um, this was excru excruciating pain. And I went to the doctor, and because um, I wanted to get something to relieve it. And the type of pain that I was in, they were doing, you know, like, kind of moving it and touching and all of that. And they were asking me, like, did you have an accident or something? Like, uh, not like you think, but, <laughs> yeah, I ran into something. <laughs> Just not what you're thinking. 
And so they pres prescribed me some pain medication. Um, my husband was very, very gracious <laughs> towards me. You know, he, he felt bad for me, um, but we understood what was going on. And um, so, of course, you think about being in that type of pain, but having to drive, so you feel every bump. So that was a whole nother thing. So um, we went on and took the drive. And so funny, the Lord, when the Lord wants you to learn the lesson, you're gonna learn the lesson. If you really desire to be in God's will, you'll learn it. And so I got, you know, these pain pills that gave me muscle relaxers. And I was in pain. And every time I took the medication, it made the pain worse. <laughs> I, at first, like, I took it the first time and I was like, okay, wait a minute, something's going on here. Like, it seems like it's going in reverse. What is happening? And so I did it a second time and I told my husband, okay, I see the Lord is showing me something. You're not going to get relief. You disobeyed my word and you went against my servant and you taught a child to disrespect authority. And when I said you're going to be judged, that's what I meant. And the Lord would not let me get relief. We even had gotten a heating pad, ended up returning that thing back to the store because it wasn't <laughs> helping either. Like, the Lord meant what he said. And this is what I mean when I say I know people will have an issue with that. Um, but that's because you don't know God. If you think the Lord is not going to judge your disobedience, especially when he has a plan for you. Especially when you're crying out saying, Lord, use me, Lord. I'm your vessel, Lord. I'm your servant. Use me for the kingdom of God. Because with that comes other people being attached. In that situation, it was just one of our children. I was being disrespectful. I was getting in the way of him being a father. And the Lord wasn't pleased with that. And I'm telling you, the Lord would not allow me to have any relief. Zero. I kid you not. If I took the pain medication or the muscle relaxer, the pain, it, it almost like it doubled. And I was crying. I was in a lot of pain. And so um, that is a lesson that has stayed with me till this day. The Lord is serious, you know, about us following um, the order that he has set in the home. I was serious, you know, I, I was serious when I said to the Lord, Lord, um, I don't know what it means to be used by you, but I, I want to be used. Like, I want to I be close to you. In other words, what I was saying to God was that, I don't know everything there is to know about your kingdom. I don't know everything there is to know about you, but I think highly enough of you that I'm willing to um, support your kingdom. I want to support your program. I want to support whatever it is you have going on. I want to be a part of it. That's what I was saying to the Lord. So that meant I couldn't go in telling the Lord how I was going to do it. If he says, submit to my husband, then okay, well, that's what I have to do. Was it easy in the beginning? No. Why was it not easy? Because I had already bought into the world's way of doing things. 
I had already settled into that independence. I'm my own person, empowerment, freedom, so to speak, whatever they want to call it. I had settled that that was the way to go, but then I found out that if I was going to do it God's way, then I had to let go of all of that. I had to let go of it. I couldn't try to mix it in. I couldn't try to go back and grab some of it when it was convenient for me. So no, it was not easy for me in the beginning when I first made up my mind, Lord, okay, I, I hear this, but then living it every day. Because sometimes I had, I had to get corrected a whole lot. But that's because I didn't understand the word. I didn't even understand the God I was serving, I, that I was calling myself serving. Like, I didn't even understand. I was like, oh, Lord, I thought I knew you. Oh, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. But it took me submitting to God's word, and that meant being under my husband's authority, allowing him to wash me with the word, allowing him to lead me, allowing him to tell me, you are wrong. You are deceived. You are headed in the wrong direction. Many of you, I think most of you watched that spiritual adultery message. And in there, you know, I will tell you, my husband will tell me, um, yeah, our marriage is on the road to divorce. What are you talking about? I'm here. I'm all in. What do you mean? Except I was disobeying God's word. If I could disobey God's word, and that's what he used to tell me. If you don't fear God, then who am I? I'm just another one of his creation. It's for, if you don't fear God, then how am I going to keep you? And I had to come to understand that. He has a prominent role in my life. And God set it up that way. And as long as I was fighting that, as long as I was trying to lean to my own understanding, as long as I was trying to hold on to that freedom, that independence, that empowerment, that I'm gonna be my own person, then it was working against the joy of the Lord that he had for me in me being obedient to my husband. Me being submitted to my husband brought so much joy when I actually did it. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, this is what you were trying to bring me to. But as long as I was fighting, I was miserable. He was most miserable, <laughs> okay? <laughs> there, you can't live in peace and you, you can't live joyfully. Not as, not as a professing believer if you're not following God's word. Like, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, I wanted to share that um, just how important it is. It's so important for us to really grab hold of God's word, to believe our husbands whenever they speak. You know, I think um, my husband has shared, he just kind of briefly mentioned it, how he had a dream. Um, he told me about that I was, you know, going to do something, that we were going to be, uh, I think, wrestling over my phone. 
And I was like, no way, this is not going to happen. And then it happened. You know, so I, I started to learn very early on, like, oh, okay, like, uh, yeah, I better probably pay attention to what my husband is saying, because <laughs> every time he says something, it comes to pass. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I've said before, and I will say again, I, I don't care how intelligent a woman thinks she is. And this is for people who are in church and who could care less about their creator. I don't care how intelligent you think you are. I don't care how much you deny God. I don't care how much you disregard the scripture. I don't care how much you think you got it all figured out. The scripture is very clear that the man is the head of the woman. And if you're a woman out there who have not submitted to a male authority, you're losing. And you're unhappy and you have not experienced the joy, the fulfillment, the happiness um, that God intends for you to experience as a woman. And again, that's for everybody. Um, but I'm specifically overall speaking to my sisters that we have to be the example. You know, God, God gave us male authority because he wired them in such a way for them to be able to lead us. Any, any of you, I'm sure, when you're talking as a, a female to a male, your wife to a husband, when you're talking, you will find that you have two completely different languages. You're talking this like, I'm saying this, and you're saying that, and we're saying the same thing, but we're saying something completely different, even though we're saying the same thing, because men and women think differently. I do not want my husband to take on my personality and to say everything exactly the way I see it. And I don't intend to do that. I, I, I love us being who God made us. So my job was to figure out how to understand everything that he was saying since he wasn't speaking my language. I don't want him to be a woman. I like his manliness. I love his manliness. Absolutely love it. I don't need him to be all emotional with me. Yes, we're going to hug, we're going to be affectionate, but I don't need him to turn into a woman on me. Not looking for that. So with that comes me accepting that our language is differently. The way I express something in love is going to sound differently from the way he does. And I love that. I appreciate the Lord making a difference and putting a difference between us. It helps me to stay in my place. I don't get confused about who's the man. I, and he won't let me get confused. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I think he made it clear a long time ago he's not putting on any skirts and dresses. <laughs> Praise God for that. But um, I've, I've learned over the years that God, God wired men to be able to lead. He wired them. He, he made them so special to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders so that we don't have to. Um, 
I know what it is to not be married and have children and have to take care of a, a home <clears throat> without the help of a man because, you know, I've, I've gone through that stage in my life. And it doesn't feel good, and it really starts to change your nature. Many women make the mistake of saying, well, my husband wasn't doing X, Y, Z the way I wanted him to do it, so he forced me to step up and take the role of the man. That's a lie. <laughs> that is an absolute lie. You weren't forced to step up and take nothing. You wanted things done your way in your time, and you made a choice to do it. You could have waited three more days for your husband to cut the grass. You could have waited two more weeks for him to fix the doorknob. You just chose not to. So no, you make a choice to step out of your place. And I make a choice to stay in mine. And as godly women, we all should. We should all make that choice. Why? Because God designed it in such a way that it benefits everybody, the husband and the wife. You let him be the husband, you let him be the man, and you be the wife. You be the delicate flower that God calls you to be, not the cactus. <laughs> They're laughing because I sent that out on <laughs> text message. Be a delicate flower, not a cactus. That's who the Lord called us to be. Unfortunately, and I, I, I feel like I'm just about finished here, but unfortunately, when we take ourselves from under male authority, it's easy for us as women to lose sight because we don't have that manly man there reminding us of who we're supposed to be. So it's easy to just get off track and get to doing all sorts of craziness, moving into manliness, basically. That's just another, um, just another way that the Lord set it up. That as long as we submit to God's order and we allow that husband to be the husband or that male authority, because you may not be married, but you still are supposed to be submitted to a male authority, even if you're not married. When you allow that man to be a man, you are always, always reminded of the godly woman that you're supposed to be. Always. You can't help it. It's... Um, you can't separate the two. They were meant to complement each other. And so when you know and you accept the place and the, the order of God in that manner, it almost just pushes you into being who God called you to be. You have to fight against it for that not to be the case, in other words. When I'm around, you know, men like in the world, when I was in the workplace, um, I said I was going to get back to that. When I was in the workplace, I developed this hardness trying to carry my weight and be recognized. But I wasn't submitted to male authority, and that's one of the things that um, happened. I said I was going to say this about um, going to school, and I was going to get back to that, about it changing my nature. Um, 
the unfortunate thing about going to school, and I was in the workplace, and I'm gonna just tie these two in together, is that it put me in a position to compete with men. And that's, that's not, I'm the one who told the story that I was always really tall for my age. And so playing um, in PE, the coach was like, oh, yeah, you would be good on the basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so me and, you know, I tell the story about me and some of the girls, I think in seventh grade, we were like, oh, yeah, it's got some boys on the boys basketball team that we like. So, yeah, we'll go try out. I wasn't interested in basketball. And they would get so frustrated with me because I was tall for my age, but I was extremely timid, if you can believe that. Like, they were trying to get me to be aggressive. I'm like, eh. Like, I'm ducking from the ball and moving. It's like, they wanted me to be aggressive. I don't know how to do all of that. I, that's not even in my nature. Except, I don't know how to explain it all. But spiritually, I know what went on with me, and, and I see it go on with other people. It's something about going after knowledge. And being in the workplace, it changes a woman's nature, and it changed my nature so that by the time I got to the truth, I was having a hard time um, letting go of all of that. It, it deposited something in me that caused me to want to compete with men, and I had to, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I, I had to be my own person. I had to be independent and empowered. That, that's, what, that's what it developed in me. If, in case y'all didn't hear me mention those words earlier. That's what happened. It took me completely away from my nature. And so then when the Lord brought me to a place in my life where it was exactly what I wanted, I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I didn't know how to handle male authority. I didn't know how to handle the manliness of my husband. Um, it, it was so much turmoil in me trying to be the person that God wanted me to be and still trying to hold on to what the world, school and the workplace had deposited into me. Um, but through all of that, God's perfect will for my life had to be my final desire. It couldn't be all these other things that I thought I could get out of it from being my old self. Coming to the Lord, coming into his truth meant I needed to do things, see things um, a different way. And when I did that, it made a difference in my life. I'm telling you, um, I have a joy that is really unexplainable. Um, I have a fulfillment from being in God's will, from being one with my husband, from, from being under his authority. There's nothing that could ever compare to it. Nothing. I, I would give up everything, um, trade anything and everything in, for not only for myself, but for other, others too, to, to really um, have that same experience. And, and the wonderful thing about it is that I personally don't do well trying to do more than one thing at a time. Like, I'm focused, laser focused on this, and this is what I'm doing. But God is not like that. God is not like that at all. He can change you, and you, and you, and you, 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 me, 
you, 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 all at the same time. When we call out to him, he can work on us. But we have to allow him to do that. So that's all I wanted to share um, with you all. And I, I pray that my sisters here and those who will hear it, you know, in the future um, will really, really get something out of it. And um, my prayer and my constant prayer, whether I call you by name or if I just call you out, you know, because of you being in the body of Christ or out of the body of Christ, you know, my constant prayer is that we will all get to know God in um, more, the most excellent way, that we will know him, that he will know us, and that we will live our life fulfilling our purpose according to what he has called us to do, not according to what we thought we would do in our flesh. That's it. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. I'm just ask um that we'll bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we glorify your holy name, God. We honor you, Lord. We bless your name. We magnify you because of who you are. Lord, we're so thankful. For this time, Lord God, that you've allowed us to come together, we're so thankful, Lord God, for the testimony that you've given us, Lord God, of your goodness, of your power, of your grace, your mercy, Lord God, your long-suffering. That oftentimes, Heavenly Father, we're making plans for our life to do things that's not even in your will, Lord God. And you so graciously and so lovingly and sometimes even sternly, you come and you get our attention. And you say, hey, that's not my plan for you. And Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you so much, Lord God, for getting our attention. Thank you, Lord God, for making your will known to us, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word that is preached in this ministry. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, most of all, Lord God, we thank you so much for your forgiveness. We pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will touch the hearts, Lord God, of your daughters. So many, Heavenly Father, have cried out to you and only come so far and have not allowed you to complete the work that you started in them. And the great part of that work being them, being the godly woman that you've called them to be. Being in subjection to your word, Lord God. Being in subjection to male authority and not just doing things outside of your will. Lord, we accept your way. God, we accept your authority. We accept your order. We accept your word, Lord God. Heavenly Father, shape us and mold us, Lord God, and make us who we are supposed to be. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will keep us, Lord God, in your way, that we will not stray away from what your word says, that we will be exactly who you've called us to be. I pray, Heavenly Father, for 
our leader, Lord God, your apostle, your prophet, God, your servant. Always lifting him up before you, Heavenly Father, asking God that you will always order his steps, Lord God. Give him the strength to carry out every single assignment that you have given in his hands to do in this earth, to reach every person that you intend for him to reach, Lord God, that he would not miss any connecting flights, that every divine appointment will be met and accomplished, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will continue to give him wisdom, Lord God, to not only deal with his personal life, Lord God, but to deal with your people, the issues of life, Lord God, that come forth. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you always give him wisdom, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will allow him to walk in divine health, Heavenly Father, that you will strengthen every part of his body, Lord God, that you will protect his mind and his heart, that he will always think on the things of your word, Lord God, and on heavenly things, and that the things of this world will not be a distraction to him. As always, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we, that you have bought here in this place, Lord God, in this location, that we will have a mind to serve that we would have a mind to help, Lord God. That we will submit ourselves wholeheartedly, Lord God, to your work. That we will not lean to our own understanding, Lord God, but that we will yield to your way, Lord God, and allow you to use us however you want to use us to be a help to him. And that we will go out of our way, Lord God, to not be a hindrance. And do what your word says, Lord, to submit ourselves unto you, that we can resist the devil so that he can flee. And that we ourselves, Lord God, will walk in wisdom and walk soberly day in and day out. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.